This is Kayla, and you're listening to the Two at Peace podcast. I'm just a lady with some thoughts telling you cool stories. Sit back. Hope you enjoy. Disclaimer, I reserve the right to be wrong on the information that I supply because no one is perfect and I also mean no disrespect to any one person, place, and or thing that I talk about and never forget that we can all win. Hello everyone, we are here today to discuss the trial of the first three witches and I'm saying witches with quotation marks. So the first three witches outed and why the Salem witch trials even began. But first, I want to start with a little bit of pop culture. I'm really looking forward to Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I recently watched the movie The Master, which is supposedly modeled after the Scientology religion, and I would definitely recommend it because it's an intense, wild ride. I didn't finish the last 15 minutes, so I can't really spoil too much, but in the movie, Joaquin plays a character named Freddy, who was in the military, and now he has PTSD. He is working, like, I guess some sort of mall place. He's like a photographer, and he's like pretty down on his luck like he has a lady but he's just not happy and a crazy incident happens at his job and he goes to another job and freddie makes hooch so at this new job he was giving this older man some hooch and i guess it was too strong for him and then he passed out so then he brought him to like i guess some sort of hospital or something they're like telling freddie joaquin phoenix they're all like you poisoned him a nurse keeps saying, you poison him, you poison him. He's like, I didn't poison him. I didn't give him anything. I just, he passed out. I didn't poison him. And then they all just started yelling at him that he poisoned him. And then he just ran off. He ran so far that he came to, I don't think it's a canal, but it's like a waterway. And he hops on this boat. So he comes across a group that he thinks is good for him. And it turns out that it's not good for him at all. I also recommend her because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. He was in a cult when he was younger called The Children of God, which I think is now called The Family. And his family was basically one of the poster families to try to get people to join. So if you do your research, there's a whole like little... I guess a mini documentary or something on YouTube of him and his family. And you kind of just see that he's been basically acting his whole life. But um, I appreciate him and the different depths that he can bring to the Joker because I feel like he shows like a sadness from all the pictures and little mini trailers that I've seen that we haven't seen with any of the Jokers before. Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger will always be, you know, two of the greatest Jokers. But I think that Joaquin will definitely go down in history as well. So to the story, it all started um, February 1692. A nine-year-old Elizabeth Betty Paris and an 11-year-old Abigail Williams started behaving strangely and having these fits where their eyes would roll to the back of their heads. Their bodies would contort in strange positions. They complained of being bitten and pinched and their throats closed up. And sometimes they interrupted sermons. Clergymen were brought in to pray over the girls to cure them, but it did not work. A doctor was then brought in, and he concluded that they were under the work of witchcraft. 
they were bewitched due to the lack of physical evidence on the girls. This was a huge deal because Elizabeth Paris was the daughter of the town reverend Samuel Paris, and Abigail Williams was also his niece who was orphaned and he took in, so super serious. But let's just stop here and get to why the idea of witchcraft was the first thing that they jumped to. Witches have always been feared and hated in Christian religion. Shots were fired in Exodus 22:18, which in my research had several different variations for what it actually said, but it essentially comes down to a lot of it was geared towards women. So like if you knew she was a witch, hashtag she gotta die. And or if you knew he was a witch, he gotta die. According to the church, witches get their power from worshiping the devil and or calling on spirits to do so. They are able to practice magic to harm others and or gain fortune. However, in reality, witches started as natural healers and were often misunderstood. It comes down to there being good people and bad people in the world and how they choose to practice is their own thing. The pagan religion does not overall endorse worshiping the devil to get what you want. By the mid 1400s, witch hunting and torturing witches or torturing accused witches until confession was a norm, followed by burning at the stake and or hanging. By the 1660s, 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe, but as the hysteria died down in Europe, it then spread to the New World. Salem, Massachusetts in 1692 was full of Puritans. If you remember Puritans from, I think, elementary we learned and or middle school we learned about the Puritans, they were a member of a religious reform movement. They believed that the Christian church had too many foreign influences, so they slid off to practice the way that they deemed fit. In all, this basically meant that you were strictly living a life according to the Bible. People were meant to be godly. Godly people were sober, hardworking, and responsible. Some Puritan beliefs that they shared were that Adam and Eve blew it in the Garden of Eden. This meant that anyone born after was completely depraved in every sense. You had to cleanse yourself in baptisms and in confirmation and going to church and atoning. They believed that God chose a select few to be saved and only God knew who those people were. So salvation was a very elusive club and you could definitely not sit with them. Even if you atoned and you went to church, it did not guarantee your salvation. Do your best, but it could technically still not be enough because you were born a sinner and it takes a lot of effort to be fixed. There was a strong belief that the devil could make you stray and or give certain people power to harm others in return for their loyalty. This led me to thinking about how they were even able to proceed with the Salem witch trials. If the Bible never said to do so, how did they take it in their own hands to just start conducting trials on proclaimed witches? God didn't say to do so, but they believed that they were in contempt of God's will. In other words, this event happened because majority rules and you're a witch if the town calls you one. So back to the beginning of the hysteria. Under the pressure of the magistrate, a civil officer who administers the law, the girls named three women, Tituba, the Paris family Caribbean slave, Sarah Good, a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an old lady. They were promptly arrested as well. Tituba is shown in many different ways when you look for pictures, but the prominent features she does have in pictures are an Indian appearing feather headband, dark skin, and they make her look like a witch. She was named as an Indian on official court records, but she is also referred to as the Black Witch of Salem. Tituba 
was brought from Barbados with her husband, John, to be the Paris family slave around somewhere in her 20s. Not much is known about her early life, but somewhere along the line, she was captured as a kid and taken as a slave. Some sources suggest Tituba was named a witch because she allegedly practiced voodoo and taught the Salem village girls fortune telling but there is no verifiable evidence of that. Some sources say that she was actually very close to the girls and treated them as if they were her own. There were not many people of color in the village, so she definitely had a target on her back. When the news first broke about the girls, Tituba, her husband, and a neighbor, Mary Sibley, who, if you ever watched the show Salem, there was a character on it with a similar name who was supposed to be representing her, but she was the most powerful witch. So they baked a witch cake to get to the bottom of it. A witch cake is either a cake or a biscuit made with rye and the urine of the afflicted person. And then they feed it to a dog. And I know you're probably thinking, why a dog? Well, because it was supposedly associated with the devil. The cake was Mary Sibley's idea. Then she confessed about it and they were actually satisfied with the confession and let her off with no retribution. Tichibu was said to have the most significance on the Salem witch trials as a whole and her confession is what sparked the witch hunt. I'm going to insert Tichibu's confession from the crucible. Tell me, bid me, kill you, Mr. Forrest! Kill me? Right, Tichibu. Captain, my true dust will entangle you and kill you. She also confessed to talking to evil animals who tried to order her into doing their bidding, which would be a familiar. She also personally witnessed Sarah Good with her familiar and Sarah Osborne transforming into a two-legged winged creature. If this is not next level weird, I really don't know what is. These confessions were said to be beaten out of her by Samwell, but as a slave with no social standing, what did she have to lose by confessing? if she thought that it would save her life. Since she confessed, she avoided trial and the gallows. She then redacted her confession, but remained in jail. They deemed her as an ignoramus, and she was found not guilty due to the lack of evidence. She was eventually sold along with her husband. Sarah Good looks like your average everyday old lady. She has dark hair, and a picture seems to show a woman who looks like she doesn't take any crap from anybody. Sarah Good was born in 1653 to a well-off family, but the estate was tied up in litigation that left her nothing, essentially. It was to be split up in value between her and her few sisters, according to some sources, and she was the first one who married, so her and her husband got everything. Her first marriage was to an indentured servant who died basically drowning in debt and her second marriage was off to a crap start because they had to pay off her previous husband's debt. They were homeless with two young children and renting rooms with others. She would knock from door to door trying to get donations and or trying to stay with people and supposedly would be very pissed off if they told her no. 
Being a beggar meant that you were a nuisance. Her first husband was broke and it followed her and it became her whole reputation around town. She was regarded as the town hag. This meant that Sarah was a great candidate for a witch and during her questioning, she accused Sarah Osborne. Her daughter was also arrested and gave a confession that her mom was a witch. She was, however, four years old, so I don't understand how this was credible, but it was a thing. In court proceedings, they slandered Sarah's character. Basically, she was a broke loser who got mad when people didn't give her money. During her trial, one of the afflicted girls said that she was being stabbed by a knife by the apparition of Sarah Good. The broken knife was found on the girl, but when it was shown to the court, a young man came forward and he had the other part of the knife. He said that he had broken it and disposed of it near the afflicted girl. So all in all, that little heifer lied and it still didn't shed a positive light on Sarah Good, who was presumed guilty from the start. They just scolded the girl and told her to focus on the facts. Sarah, throughout the whole ordeal, proclaimed her innocence. She was pregnant at the time of her arrest and gave birth in a cell, and the infant unfortunately died before Sarah was executed on July 19th. When she was proclaimed guilty in court, she yelled to a reverend Nicholas Noyes, I am no more a witch than you are a wizard, and if you take away my life, God will give you blood to drink. 25 years later, Nicholas Noyes would die from choking on his own blood. So undoubtedly, Sarah wasn't a witch, but she was ridiculed by the town into a false conviction and death. Sarah Osborne. A weird thing happens when you Google Sarah Osborne and Sarah Good. It's basically the same picture on their Wikipedia page, so I don't really know what she looked like, but Sarah Osborne was born in Massachusetts and she married a Robert Prince who had a 150 acre farm, which meant he had it going on. Robert died after a few years and left all the land to Sarah under the guideline that it would one day be going to their two sons. So basically she has to take care of the whole farm, but in reality, it belongs to her sons, but they're too young and they can't do anything about it right now. With all that land to tend, Sarah hired an indentured servant and paid off his indenture and then married him. He hit the lotto in Women of Salem. Sarah then tried to overtake her kids' inheritance and land for her brand new improved family. Sarah fought against her late husband's will and her own two sons who were represented by a neighbor who happened to be her ex-husband's brother-in-law. Sarah didn't have the traditional life and even tried to fight for land and this was a no-go. She had also recently stopped attending church, so she was obviously a perfect witch candidate. All of the girls during the three testimonies did the most and went into fit when the women were brought in and it didn't look good on the accused. Sarah did not have a fair trial and the villagers called her a liar and had her husband and daughter testify against her. Her daughter was also arrested as well for being a witch and she was imprisoned along with her mother and Sarah Osborne would unfortunately die in jail. All these women had an unfair trial and the village simply didn't like them. So whatever they could have done to defend themselves fell on deaf ears. All women were guilty in the eyes of everyone. The trials were pretty outlandish and didn't prove anything but how men attacked women and wanted them to be a certain way. The rest of the trials had the same outcome and I'm not going to go through all the trials but just remember to never judge a book by its cover and also not all pagans practice their magic with the devil. Tune in next week for my next spooky tale. Thank you for listening and also go check out Aries Moon on iTunes and share to at peace with as much people as you can and help me win like I want all of you to do. And go vote November 6th for people that make sense and aren't alleged rapers and or weirdos, people who are going to do right for all of America. Thank you.